arriving. Arriving where? Here. Arriving when? Now. Arriving just as we are. Just as we are. We may be a little uh, logy after eating if we didn't get to take a walk, or we may be a little tired from what we've been doing all week, or we may be a little excited and we may be a little leaning into the moment of what's going to happen next, or we may be a little confused or a little distracted or a little intense or a little fascinated. So our internal experience, our mind states, our mood, we're arriving in the whole without identifying with any of it as best we're able. As best we're able. Mindfulness front and center is the mindfulness of the eightfold path. The mindfulness that is entwined with, bound with, strengthened by all the other path factors. It's not a kind of uh, removed secular mindfulness, but a mindfulness that is, is joined towards this aspiration towards freedom, the first of the Eightfold Path. Can we let that in? It's dependent on this wise intention, the second of the Eightfold Path, Sama Samkapa. This intention that in this moment, in whatever way we are capable of or we've chosen, we are being aligned with, we're being available to the Dhamma in this moment. Manifesting the Dhamma, manifesting in wisdom, and compassion, the Dhamma. So mindfulness serves intention, and intention serves mindfulness, and then the two together utilize this attention. And when the two of those are together, there is wise intention, yoni so manasakara. The wise intention is like a a posture, an attitude. It's it's not that we're always wise, but our motive is is, uh, infused. It's it's a it's a uh, ever purifying motive. So our intention is reflecting the Dhamma and its possibility ever more not like in a straight line, but in a meandering way where we, we uh, fall back into our, uh, our old habits of clinging and then we open back out again. And it's spiraling, spiraling to a new set of possibilities for our lives, not just our sitting lives, but our whole lives, our inner experience everywhere. So arriving, arriving, arriving with 
a kind of attitude, a kind of inspiration with mindfulness front and center, mindfulness surrounding all of the uh, the sense gates and fusing it, the sense gates with mindfulness. And we become available. We feel available in this moment. No matter which of all of those mind states that were named and not named, sleepiness, excitement, gratitude to distraction. We don't have to get rid of something. It's what we pay attention to. It's what we feed. It's what we nourish, what we grow. We don't mind that we're sleepy or we don't mind that we're excited. We don't, we're not picking favorites, but rather we're starting where we are and that being the most powerful place to start from because that's real. Otherwise, we can fall into so much theoretical and get lost in our theoretical, which leads to shoulds. Oh, I didn't, if only. So we start where we are. And when we arrive into availability, we're available for ourselves just as we are, without this judging it or comparing it or fixing it. We truly wish to be, it is our aspiration, we wish to be available to know what's true just now in as deep a way as possible, as broad a way as possible. Is this true for you? What is your felt sense? of being available. Do you feel available to this moment? Do you feel available to life? Right now, maybe in your daily routines, you're actually not so available to life. But in this moment, your heart, mind, available to life, available to the body from which so much of life is felt, available to intuitive knowing. In this sense of available, there's recognition of choice. There's recognition that when we're available to life, life is available to us. And therefore, in our very modest, modest way, we get to participate in co-creating and creating this moment and the next moment. our availability becomes one of the arising conditions that constitute what this moment is. It is co-arising, this availability with everything else in the way the Buddha taught. We enter our, we are co-arising experience, mutually dependent. Mutually dependent. 
but what a difference to have our own uh, awareness, our own inclination towards, based on our values, be present in the moment as it arises. I cannot stress sufficiently how this can be cultivated for daily life. Recognizing being available, knowing that this is the felt sense of being available, open to discovery of the felt sense that it gets more refined, available to the moment and the moment available to you. The more you explore being available, the more you realize just how large the undertaking is to be with this mind of ours that can think and feel anything, that can can want anything, can get angry in ways that are completely made up where we're totally misperceiving. We, We are available to witness all of this. And it really steadies us like, whoa, And therefore, something that we did not do this morning that we're now adding, from this feeling of being available comes this recognition that in order to have choice be really effective and reliable, we need to align with something larger than the ego that can fall into all its wanting, all of its obsessions, its... uh, fervent beliefs rather than living what is, uh, insisting on a fervent belief, which of course there's so much of now. And so we realize that there needs to be something larger that protects us from this fluctuation of ego and fluctuation of mood. And we realize that it is through aligning with something that inspires us that creates the protections that we need, protecting from whom? From ourselves. Also protecting us from others when we're so available and we get pulled into things by others or by an environment. And so we discover that this turning towards aligning with something larger in uh, For experienced practitioners, it is aligning with the Dhamma, most likely, because you have found the reliability of the Dhamma, discovered it for yourself. But it does not have to be Dhamma. It could be love itself, or just kindness that's not necessarily the Brahma-Vihara kindness, but that's what you value. So something that inspires, that's uplifting, Aligning with the Buddha. Aligning with is a kind of bowing to, but letting that the, what the Buddha stand for be your your uh, 
approximate way into life from a Buddhist point of view. Or aligning with Dhamma, your own ability to know what's true, to have moments of Buddha mind where you are seeing clearly. Aligning with the Dhamma means aligning your values and all so that it's a very powerful way of aligning. But it's what rattles rattles the 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 uh, shakes out the lethargy of this kind of uh, half-hearted practice, half-hearted mindfulness. So if Dhamma does that, that's it for you. Or Buddha, or maybe the Sangha, your appreciation of Sangha, and you want to be uh, a, a contributor in your vibratory field as best you're able. And so you align with the sama, uh, the sangha, in a way that inspires you, that uh, helps maintain that attitude that you so care about. Your appreciation for sangha, your understanding of the connection through the centuries, or it's the eightfold path, or all the noble truths, or the first two noble truths. Or the third noble truth, or one of the Bahama, Brahma Viharas, or two of them, or all of them. So aligning with kindness, that friendly kindness, and with compassion, or aligning with compassion and sympathetic joy, or just one of those two. You may feel this uh, beginning of being aligned as that little feeling of uh, exhilaration or upliftedness of a little inspired feeling, a little vibratory feeling of that. There's an aliveness in you. You're you're more access to your vital body. That's that vital level of consciousness. You're more awake. Or maybe there's no particular affect, but nonetheless, you can feel the wisdom of this aligning. What does aligning mean? It means being guided by letting it be our North Star. A way to cross the river. It's a way to go against the stream and how to know that we're staying with that. Modest in our expectations, but doing this aligning with total dignity that we know our inner dignity knows the innate worth of a human being, the innate worth of mind-heart manifested in a human being, innate worth a prior to earned. And then the integrity that this uh, humility and this dignity inspire and which protects them from grandiosity or um, uh, mega uh, negativity. 
What is your felt sense of alignment, of aligning? Not what you're aligning with, but what does it feel like when you're doing this? At some point it lands. It, it has a vibratory feeling, a felt sense. As this feeling of alignment, this inspiredness, this elevated feeling steadies a bit. It can be quite modest, but it steadies. We now have the possibility of feeling aligned and available together, like a hyphen, hyphenated, or a single word like a portmanteau, Montu. two words combined. Aligned and available, available and aligned. Each of us have our own way that we experience those. The protection of the Dharma the grounding of the Dhamma. From this aligned and available or available aligned mental space, heart space combined, mental dash heart embodied mental space, heart space, we turn to our experience once again. starting with the body. What did you naturally turn to when you turned towards the body? I like to utilize the posture, the form. I sometimes treat it as like uh, I'm sitting now, but I'm sitting in a chair, and I feel the form of the body sitting in a chair for me at this moment. But I also feel the shape of it. So I'm aware of shape. It's sitting, but there's a, there's a shape to that sitting, how my legs are, how my hands are, so that the, the body at this level is being known. And it's kind of neutral at this level for me. More discovering what it feels like than having a, a fixed relationship to it. What I do know when I open to the body in this 
particular characteristics. I do know that I'm having a felt sense of the body. And I recognize it and I'm grateful for it and I encourage it. Feeling the body as ever-changing sensations, as a flow of sensations. And each are very strong, this ever-changing nature of the body. All of these cells dying and being born, all of these internal processes going on and on, and yet changing as they're going on and on. So flow of sensations. Sometimes we notice that we can have sensations without having particular interest in pleasant or unpleasant, or neither pleasant nor unpleasant. We're just attuned differently. We've dropped in so that we don't really have much interest and pleasant or unpleasant for right now. Later on, it will come back. Hmm. We may choose to have our experience of the body include body parts. These 31 parts of the body, some say 32. Here we can feel the water element, how all of these body parts are connected together. and create this flow of connected sensation, mind moments. And aware of the body not just in the temporary nature due to the ever-changing body parts, but also to the body as having a, a beginning and an end and cultivating a wise, compassionate relationship with there is death. Death is to be known. Death is to be understood.
this circular way of having body experience so that you're circumambulating the various ways that it can be known. Sometimes one fosters a deeper understanding of the next. And then moving on to the pleasant and unpleasant of this, of the second foundation of mindfulness, this flavoring of the moment, this uh, uh, way we're relating in attitude. Something's either pleasant or unpleasant, or neither pleasant nor unpleasant, and therefore seldom known unless we've particularly practiced. What is your relationship to the fact that, that their moments are characterized with pleasant? Do you feel as though you have some degree of choice to ignore the pleasant? That you can leave it alone if necessary, that which is pleasant? That's a level of freedom. Can you have something that's unpleasant occur and it stay just unpleasant rather than become an identity, a selfie? You're inquiring, you're inquiring, you're not trying to achieve something you're not. You're available to learn and from your understanding, watch what grows. You're trusting the Dharma to grow something healthy. And when we recognize the truth of our deluded mind, where things are neither pleasant nor unpleasant, where there is a, a lack of interest in the experience, we get interested. On retreat, one of the things that people often report is, oh, I felt bored in my practice, particularly when there's no uh, guidance, no one sitting up in the front of the room giving guidance. I, I, I just feel bored. And it's it's neither pleasant nor unpleasant. But it's powerful. It's powerful. And we learn to explore this. Our own versions.
So we come to see that pleasant and unpleasant can lead us to a reactive mind. That's the secular level, that's the mundane level of this second foundation of mindfulness. The super mundane level is seeing that in addition to worldly pleasant and unpleasant, you could say embodied pleasant and unpleasant, there's also that which is uh, unworldly, that is within the spiritual realm of our inquiry. And that feels very different than when we're getting caught in the pleasant, starting to cling to it less possibility of clinging to this more refined level. Hmm. Covering the spectrum of our experience, we now turn to the Buddha's third foundation, which is mind states and the emotions that go with it. we can notice the presence and absence in regular mind states of, of clinging to the present, to the pleasant, or not clinging to it. We can notice the presence or absence of a hindrance and see the hindrance in its unpleasant form and when it's manifest and its neutrality when the mind is not being contaminated with it, not being controlled by it, shaped by it. leaving our exploration of, of this worldly and unworldly Vedana 
a pleasant and pleasant feeling. We turn to the mind states themselves. We are being deliberately looking, we're being reflective here. It's wholesome to be motivated by these higher mind states of the third foundation. But often to get there, we have to go through the more troubling mind states, anger, uh, lethargy, lethargy, and so forth. What would be the mind state that's registering this moment? A quiet mind, a concentrated mind, or a mind that's angry or confused. Notice how your vital body, that vital body consciousness, can know what's affecting the mind state in terms of vitality. Great use for this vitality and uh, consciousness in the third foundation of mindfulness. Mm. Remember, You're not being defined by mind states. You're being characterized by them. Characterized. So the mind's disturbed right now, or the mind's very exalted right now. Each of those are temporary. Mind states come and go, except for maybe the very, very few. Practice in practice, 
we use the teachings, the lists, the suttas, to keep us on track, interested, stimulated. But our timing is our own. Again, it's how we relate to the various mind states and the emotions that come with them. This fourth foundation, where we look at our experience in the body and we look at our experience and how we're responding to pleasant and unpleasant, and how we are able to see or not see our mind states, and again, looking at the presence and absence. So you may be having a very difficult 
mind experience of one kind, but not having the others. Sometimes a number of them go together, but sometimes not. And so we get to see more clearly. We see the way the, the mind is made up of, our experience is made up of aggregates, including the body, that things are composed, compounded. So much of our life, and it's soothing at times to feel that so that we don't feel trapped in this human body. We see the hindrances of mind. We see the awakening factors being present the mindfulness and the energy and the joy of practice. And then how the practice gets calm. All of these awakening factors also available to be seen through this. From my perspective, more importantly, to be experienced, to have a felt sense of experience of, oh, this being of aggregate nature, what does that really feel like? What is it when the mind is diluted? Is there any room for that which knows? So have you really looked closely? The hindrances are just hindrances. And then gradually we start to see, feel, recognize these awakening factors. It's all okay on this level, just the way it is. We don't have to be defined by our connection to the cruelty and confusion in the world right now. We can choose to, but we do not have to be.
in this walking period, I would ask that you walk with what you aligned with, that you just, you're stepping into that alignment. Sometimes you say it out loud to yourself. Sometimes it's just that it's, it, you, it's silently being said. Other times, only when you're standing after having turned to walk back, do you make that connection. It's up to you as a person. I was talking to myself throughout the walking period about opening the heart. The whole time I was saying it out loud. I had not anticipated doing that. That's just what naturally arose. So that's how practice, we're, what's available to us, we're, we, we kind of go with what's available. Uh, this uh, famous basketball player, Steph Curry, says that, that they talk, ask him about his offense. And he says, oh, I've learned I just have to go with what the defense gives me. So that's why my game changes so much from one game to another. So it is with us in our, our practice that we're, we, if we do our practice, we have to, uh, the conditions of our life uh, give us different opportunities, different sits, different days, and so forth. So uh, uh, this this stepping into alignment and so that this alignment, that's the alignment that's going to know the Satipatthanas from an aligned place that the mind is aligned. It's available to knowing the Satipatthanas, but it's also aligned with the inspiration of that which we can align with that does inspire us. May I be a, may I feel my alignment. May I step into a deeper relationship with my alignment, whatever it may be. May I have the felt sense of aligning be more clear. May I feel the promise of having an aligned, available mind, whatever would work for you. And let's come back at uh, 3.15, please. 